Hey everyone, welcome to episode 20 of Inside Kevin C. I hope you're doing well. Um, on this episode, we have my good friend Hayden Mills, who um, I talked to over Discord actually this week. So it'll be our first Discord um, <laughs> podcast, which has its perks and uh, also its downsides, I think. It's a little less um, personal and intimate feeling, but on the other hand, the sound quality I think is much better. <laughs> There's no uh, interrupting background noise. So. Um, I hope you appreciate that. In this episode, we talk about uh, coronavirus going on, uh, philosophy, and just sort of podcasting and how to uh, actually cultivate an audience. So hope you enjoy the episode and um, yeah, stay inside. Now I think we're just <laughs> now we're oh, recording with Craig. Craig. There we go. <laughs> this is uh, pretty interesting. This is actually my first like non-local podcast ever i guess okay so, so are you enjoying it so far <laughs> so far i don't have much to go on but uh yeah you could say that okay awesome <laughs> awesome um yeah i feel like i should just learn how to do all this stuff because it's so much easier than going out to people and you can get better audio than you can yeah just on my phone you know Yes. There's no background yes. noise. So. Oh, well. It took me a while to learn my lesson. Yeah, well, now you know. <laughs> uh, so how many people have you had on? So I'm at, I think, 19 episodes. 19. Wow. I know. We really did it. But, uh, <laughs> Mission accomplished, America. Yeah. So I think you're number 20, if I'm not mistaken. Perfect. I can check real fast. Woo-hoo! Yeah, you are number 20. 20 is a great number. 20 is pretty good. It's not 21. It's not 21. No. I'm not feeling 22. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 24 <laughs> right now. <laughs> There's no songs about 24, are they? Kind of sad. I, well, no, there's a no, I can't think of any for 24. Yeah, because we had Taylor at 22 and then we had Blink at 23, and now there's just nothing for us, it's all downhill. Nope, yep, yeah, it just after that, it just all goes downhill from here. Yeah, how was uh, how's church? Um, today, sorry, mass. <laughs> yeah, excuse me. <laughs> it was pretty good. The uh, I tuned into the uh, National Basilica that's in Washington D.C. and they have. I really Dang. like it because they do good music. Um, but the uh, the nuncio from the representative from the Vatican was doing the homily today because it's Palm Sunday. Oh so yeah, was, yeah. So Holy Week started. Um. Yeah, this whole. So are you doing Ash Wednesday is... coming up? No, Ash Wednesday ha- already happened at the oh, beginning dang. of yes. So, My bad. if I understand it correctly, the the palms that you receive today, you're supposed to hold on to, and then they could be turned into ashes for Ash Wednesday in the following year. Oh really? Okay. Yes. Yeah, so... I guess it kind of passed me by because I wasn't walking around for the first half of the day thinking like. Why do these people know there's something on their face? Like what's going yeah. on? And then it finally hits me like, oh uh, yeah. I'm the dumb one. Uh, 
that's too funny. Did you push some, put some ash on your forehead? Yeah, basically they do it as a part of the service. I don't know when, what the timing is, but for the one here, they did it at the end of the, uh, um, the service. You just go up to the front and they just make a, a cross with the ashes on your forehead. And then that's it. That's the, uh, um, you basically, you can wear that as long as you want. And then you can wash it off whenever. Okay. I'm nice. not familiar enough with when that, that tradition started. I'm assuming it's pretty old. Probably. <laughs> Much yes. like most things like involving most things. religion. But um, I quite like... I think I realized I quite like a lot of the like ritualistic stuff. I had... My friends had a, I guess, Catholic wedding. Okay. And you like go up to receive a blessing or communion. Yes. Yep. Um, and it's like, I don't know, that stuff's quite therapeutic. For some it, oh, yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, absolutely. So regardless Where was of it like, at? it was in Seattle. Okay, so was it at the Seattle cathedral? Yeah. Okay. Um, so it was cool. But um, yeah, there's something like regardless of any like real spiritual component to it, psychologically, I think it's it's enjoyable, if not beneficial. Yeah, I, I was, um, I was at a photo, um, class and the, uh, the guy that was, uh, doing the teaching was, I think, working on a book about religion and the, basically he was going to be doing a, uh, I don't know what you call it, an album, basically this huge photo book of, world religions and the, the the kind of rituals that they all do. Mm -hmm. So there's something, there is a human component that kind of tends towards that kind of ceremony. And I think you can see it all yeah, over the world. I think so. Something in our nature calls yes. out to that, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so did they have an organ playing for that? Uh, it was a wedding, right? It was a wedding. Um, Maybe. I don't know. It might have just been a piano. I think it was just piano, honestly. But, okay. Yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> That's sure. not where my mind was, really. <laughs> so, yeah. How's uh? So how's your podcast been going? I listened to like the first forty minutes of episode one, I think. And you're like, oh my goodness, when will this end? <laughs> well, then I got out of the car, and so <laughs> that, that's when yeah, that I was done. Yeah. It's been going good. I am um, like with everything. It's there's the yeah. Got to get the the ball rolling with um, listeners, and I think that's a challenge now. With the I think the podcast phenomenon is not necessarily mature, but we're beyond um, the very first podcast that took off, and people just kind of flocked to that. So it's a very, yeah. I would say, competitive market to be in trying to establish something that's unique or um, what? what's the word for it? You, uh, you're fulfilling a part of the market that doesn't exist. You're, you're, finding, <laughs> you're basically, uh, I think Steve Jobs says that you don't, um, you don't, 
produce products that people want, you give them what they need. And that maybe is the the, the challenge mm-hmm. now is how do we grow an audience that's interested in the stuff we're talking about? Because we have a lot of great topics, but how do we get in there? How do we f- get people to find our stuff amongst all the other uh, content that they could be consuming? Yeah, I kind of feel the same way as far as like, man, I should have done this five to seven years ago sort of thing. Um, And one thing that's not necessarily encouraging, but I think new podcasts do definitely pop up and they find success. But I've found that most of those are really just um, (laughs) celebrities or famous people of some sort who already have a pre-existing audience starting a podcast. And then it's like, oh yeah, big surprise. They're successful doing this because they already have fans who are interested in yeah, hearing them talk so yes. um people still are doing podcasting and they're still successful but it does seem like those people have a lot of things in common such as already being well known and established yep so then i guess the question is what what can you bring to a podcast that's different i i actually was reading an article the uh somebody has the silent podcast or something like that, where it's just, what is that? It's, there's nothing. It's just silent <laughs> for like half an hour. So I, oh so my I, gosh. I, so you I think be that, kidding me. No, no, I am not. And I think that of course fits into the, you could get a following from that. I think you could make a lot of money doing that too. That's so sad. Well, so this reminds me of, I think a while back I heard about a band who just, created a basically a blank track i guess on spotify so it's just silence and they just asked their fans like hey just put this on when you sleep and listen to it on repeat so that they get the um ad sense or whatever oh my goodness or just the revenue that spotify gives you and oh, uh <laughs> they got away with it for a while but i think spotify shut it down so wow that's funny but uh that's kind of dumb i mean you can just not listen to anything Right. Yeah. Am I missing something? <laughs> no, no. I, maybe there's just something about human nature that wants to um, to be a part of something that somebody else created, even if it isn't anything at all. Oh, that's so dumb. <laughs> I listen. I listen to the silent podcast. You're part of the group. Oh, do you? Yeah. Uh, that's crazy. But that stuff does, I mean, that's, that's like a really extreme example, but people do like get into dumb stuff just because of psychological factors like that, of belonging or yes. whatever else. Yep. But that's interesting. And so is it like actually successful? You know, I haven't actually looked at their analytics. I Yeah. Fact, but what did the article, how did the article present them? The article was kind of lamenting the the explosion of the podcast phenomenon and from my recollection talked about how there is an overabundance of content for people to listen to yeah and that was of course mentioned in a more uh, critical tone because it's there's nothing I mean that's true of any medium though right like there's certainly though I would say probably the difference with the podcast um market is it's 
a pretty low barrier to um, enter and do stuff. True. I mean, the, the, the cost that you can do with the silent podcast is essentially zero. I can't imagine maybe you're the, the few pennies you're spending on your electricity bill to uh, make a audio file and put that online. That is really cheap. And now, of course you could say like for radio, which I think was the podcasting before podcasting, that's a little bit more expensive. You've got to do a bunch of um, rules with the FCC. You have to get, a lot of power you got to pay for it to go somewhere yeah i mean you have to have space for it right yes you do yep got to broadcast the equipment and then uh you probably don't need to hire anybody but you can't really if you want to run a specific frequency for a a radio station it's not just going to be one podcast you got to have people to fill the 24 hours that you've got to make money (laughs) That's true, yeah. Yeah, because I'm assuming that it's not cheap. It's not cheap. I don't know. I don't know. That's pretty interesting. I kind of, um, I quite like that sort of business model where you like, it's like the same thing with TV where you just create something that has so much value that advertisers will just pay for like 30 seconds to be on your channel or on your radio station. Yep. It's a sweet gig. And people are doing that with like YouTube, you know? Oh yeah. I've started seeing it's, that now. It's crazy. You get the YouTube ad and then you get the ad in the video. Yeah. The, uh, all the promoted content. It's crazy how much money these people make. And it's I a know. good, it's a good place to be or it's, it's really kind of the same thing as like just increasing your value in a way. And some people do that through like learning a really good skill and working but if you just like <laughs> are able to create content that people love so much that uh advertisers will, will pay to get in front of your audience you can yep. just make an insane amount of money and you can you can always use the the wonderful youtube comment section to find out uh new stuff to talk about yeah i mean yeah they can c- come up with your ideas for you <laughs> yep. Cha-ching. is that what you mean yeah yeah not bad yeah, you should uh, you should get on YouTube. Because yeah, I I I was looking at how to do uh, streaming because I already have my camera that I do for photography, and you can use the same setup for uh, um, video. You just need yeah. to get some adapters for your computer, and and we could be like the all the other podcasts will have those great angles. You can you can look at us talk in a room. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. All of my. I'm interested to get more into that stuff, but I think there is some definitely some startup expenses on getting nice equipment. But, yes, um, yes, there is. Yeah, it's it is a uh, so low barrier to entry in the in the most simple sense. Like you can just use a basic webcam, and most yeah. laptops, you know, have that stuff. Yeah, so. something. Yeah. Yep. Not hard, but uh, it is. I have found YouTube to be kind of hard, like. I don't know what to talk about on YouTube. Like I've started a channel, but I don't know what to, <laughs> what to do or say or talk about. And to be honest, like I don't put too much time or effort into it. So maybe that's why, but, uh, mm. well, yeah, just, just invite me on as a consultant and we'll, we'll come up with as a consultant. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So are you an expert? Oh, uh, I'm an expert at being a novice. We'll, we'll put it like that. 
Okay, that doesn't that doesn't help me. <laughs> oh no, man. That's where we all got to start. We all have to be experts at something. <laughs> That's true. So you can bring your novice opinions. Absolutely. For okay. sure. That's fair. Well, to make YouTube right. interesting, you just need a bunch of jump cuts. That's what you have to do. You just need to uh, rearrange true. stuff. Flashing lights. Yeah, you got to get good at editing. Some people have some like pretty dope montages on like... I used to be pretty into like fitness YouTubers. Um, and like they actually do some pretty cool stuff. Even though it's just like <laughs> most of it's just working out in a gym. <laughs> Isn't that funny? And then mundane, you just shut that but... up and just do 10 bench presses. And then you can edit it to look like <laughs> 10 bench presses. Yeah. That's what, it's crazy what people want to see. And like I fall into that category too. It's just uh -huh. like, I don't know why people's normal, normal life is so. So interesting. Fascinating. And of course, with the wonderful YouTube algorithms, all these weird videos pop up, and then you can watch uh, um, possums eating bananas for whatever reason. Yeah, I mean, that's always <laughs> a good time, I guess. I've never yes, seen it, it but. Okay, I'll send it to you. Is that what's suggested that. to you? That's what you're yeah, using feeds full of? Yeah, I watched a video last night of a car sinking in a pool. Nice. I don't know okay. why. That's something. YouTube, YouTube got me to watch it. They figured it out. So, dang. <laughs> so, what else is going on in quarantine? In quarantine land, not, not much. Mm -hmm. Just kind of the weather's getting nicer, so all the the plants in my backyard are starting to look green. So that's kind of nice to look at. What kind of plants you have? There's, I don't know exactly all of them. It's not a really a garden. It's just for looks. There's a pine tree out my window that we planted. Um, there's a, there's another couple trees that I don't know. There's my neighbors have a bunch of uh, river birches. They're pretty big now. They they've grown up. Sweet. A little tiny mini maple that's kind of in the corner. It doesn't really grow that much. So you it's like to actually pay attention to that stuff. Yeah, just because I've had to work in the yard a lot with my dad to, you know, plant stuff. Yeah, Those you do are... a lot of like renovating type activities. <laughs> yes. yes, all the time. Just keeps you busy. I guess so, yeah. Though so it does look really good in the end. It kind of looks like it's our mini Ann Morrison in the backyard. Nice. It is summertime's coming, so yeah, gotta get ready. We, we've got tiki torches too, so ever have oh, a party nice. we'll just set all of them up and it looks really nice at night yeah let me know send me the invite yes sir we'll do podcast on location okay deal yeah it's uh it's, i can already tell like it's definitely a different vibe when you're not in person yes it is very different you guys have definitely all your podcasts have been over the internet right no we've been doing them in, in person up until oh really this uh disease started so that we've been just going over and doing it at um, in person. Nice. So now we've done a couple. We've done one episode in uh, over Discord. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Do you guys have like a um, like direction you're going to take it in, topic wise? Well, or people always ask me that. Not at the moment. I think we've we've got enough 
um, the random stuff that comes up that we're able to just talk about stuff. So mm -hmm. I think we'll keep it in the, the casual mode. Yeah. Until we find something that makes us a million dollars and then we'll just do that <laughs> repeatedly. Sure. That makes sense to me. I mean, you want to be making those millions. Oh, yeah, we have to. We got to afford all that. The nice equipment that you want to buy because I've got a list already of things I want to get for the podcast. We just got to have add money to pay for it. Yeah. So are you still looking at moving to Texas? There has... You know, it just goes back and forth. I think the with the current market situation, that may not happen. Really? Um, yeah. You mean in Texas or <laughs> well, just because yeah, of coronavirus I'm think, everywhere? I'm thinking that the, uh, the, the labor market may be a little... Um, um, sparse. Sparse. So I'll, I'll keep looking, though, just to see what it, what's out there. Okay, so your desires haven't really changed. It's, it's just a matter of... Yeah, the other external circumstances. Yeah. But I mean, that can be overcome. Yes, it can. We just a little bit more time. See what the market does. Yeah. It's kind of be like a surfer, just ride the waves. Just see where it takes ride you. the waves, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I don't see you as like the go with the flow type of guy. You More of the commanding... Well, in this case, it's kind of like a, it's a tsunami. I can't really stop it. <laughs> it's true. So you go, go run panic. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't know if it'll be that bad. I don't know about your situation. Like you, you guys have had some layoffs where you were, correct? There, um, there was a, uh, reduction in force. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Is that a better way of putting it? Yes. <laughs> fair enough you think they'll uh, be brought back though pretty soon i mean is this sort of a temporary thing or no i don't think so i think with all these market conditions you just have to readjust your business and yeah you know, just kind of power through it until you make some stuff that people really want and then you can grow and make more stuff that people want so i think yeah. se semiconductors are a a it's a, de a, a field that with a lot of def deflationary pressures on pricing. So it's very, it's amazing that these companies have been able to um, continue to beat that uh, deflation in pricing and be able to keep people and make new products and stuff. Cause you Is think it just because everything's getting so efficient and yeah, what's causing at, that? If you have like Moore's Law as an example, just for memory or any, any sort of... Um, integrated circuit if the if the performance doubles every 18 months that kind of also means that products made 18 months ago should be half the price presumably because sure now what what that really does to your production model the the facilities that of course i i don't keep track of the the business side of semi semiconductors but for the most part if your competitor is able to come out with a a, a product that is double the performance the what we've seen in the market is the price doesn't necessarily double 
that they, hmm. it continues to it continues to either stay at the same level or go down. If you if you look at the pricing for say um, a CPU like an Intel processor, and you look at how the pricing has remained um, over the last twenty years, and the last twenty years we've seen Moore's law continue to uh, be true. I think you're going to find that the prices for those processors doesn't really go up a lot. They stay with inflation, like it's not going to necessarily become cheaper, but the the the, the sticker price is not going to fluctuate that much. That that's my that's my understanding. That, that of course I could be wrong. I don't keep track of prices. Do you know anything about the like changing cost of materials in those in that space? Uh, material cost is I would say pretty uh, set. If you think about it, silicon wafers, if you have a, silicon is not really a, it's a set price. It's basically, we'll, we'll just call it sand. It's not, it's a little bit more complicated than that, but the price for that silicon is not going to change that much. Mm -hmm. Most of these performance changes, um, I would probably equate to better designs for transistors. And that is merely a, uh, a, uh, a design aspect. It's not really changing the chemistry of the of the device. You're not really you're not changing the silicon necessarily. Now that's going to probably change in a couple of years because we're approaching a point where you can't shrink transistors as Anymore. effectively. Yeah, you're getting into quantum physics and that is going to end Moore's law in that respect. Now, changing the chemistry of um, the silicon that could be the the next route that these companies go to. Um, but I don't really know. I'm not involved in research or development, and of course, that's all probably top secret. What the what the next big thing is going to be for semiconductors? Um, I guess I don't really know. <laughs> yes. But the thing things are going to be changing. I don't think we're going to be seeing any stagnation in technology anytime soon. It's just going to have yeah. to change focus on something else. That's fair. Interesting. Yeah, I guess you never really think of like in technology there being sort of a cap to things. I mean, in a certain sense, it's always like like public opinions like can't get any better than this sort of thing, and then someone invents something new inevitably, yes. and it's better yeah. every single time. Yep. So from, from that perspective, it, it never seems like you'll run out of innovation, I guess. But obviously, there's like laws of physics. <laughs> Once you yes, there are. Yes. Bump up against that, then things come to an end. Yep. So. But I think you'll find something. Something will continue to drive it, and we're going to get better and better computing. Yeah. Which is good. Until... Uh, I guess it goes too far. <laughs> yep, and then we're all taken over by uh, the the robots. World, world done. Yeah. Oh well. So, have you been doing any um, interesting reading with this extra downtime? You know, I've kind of I've been mainly doing just articles online. I haven't. I've got a bunch of books I have not been reading, and I think that is a uh, um, that is kind of uh, a failure on my part. I should be picking up some more books and reading, but it's mainly been articles online and YouTube. Articles about what? So 
mostly on uh, religion. Just oh yeah, my favorite topic. Definitely not surprised. Just a variety of stuff. YouTube has been more just on um, audio equipment, cameras. So you're going hard on this podcasting stuff, then? Yeah, that the what I've been mainly doing is just for just for photography because that's that's what I do for as a hobby. But okay, um, you can easily do it for a podcast. There's, I've got all the lenses would fit for it. Uh, already have the recording equipment for the audio, so it's just it's pretty easy too. Because I've also had I'm t- trying out Final Cut Pro because they're doing a a trial period. Right. So I'm able to play around with it and see how the transitions work. Um, I've already done some projects where I've gotten surround sound audio, which is kind of fun. Oh, nice. Are you, so have you posted any of your pictures anywhere? Um, only just privately to family. Um, there no Instagram accounts yet. No, no Instagram. Oh man. I've wanted (laughs) to try to get into photo contests. Um, but I haven't seen anything make a million dollars, take something that's just amazing. (laughs) That's what they pay to the winners of photo contests. (laughs) Yes. I've wanted to get into, uh, doing stuff through like a website and then having prints made. So posting pictures that I think are really nice and then having other people say, yeah, I like that. I'll pay 500 bucks for it or whatever. Yeah. Do it. If you think about all the businesses that want, um, photos in their lobbies or in their workspaces because it adds to the productivity or whatever or the or in their house the the ambiance yes the houses too yeah you should do it i'll buy a photo from you maybe not for five hundred dollars but i'll give you a nickel (laughs) something like that yeah you should uh you should start on instagram and just post all my great works Mm-hmm. That's what uh, Travis started doing. Is this um Travis Browndike? Browndike, yeah. Mm-hmm. How's he been? Uh, I think pretty good. Talked to him a couple months ago. I think he wants to move. Well, I know he wants to move. So wow. I think he's just working on logistics of that and um, figuring out stuff for work. So yeah. That's pretty cool. Where <laughs> yeah, does he want to go? So. Um, New York or LA? Wow. He wants it. He wants it big. Those are those are two different cities. Really In some ways, yeah. But in terms of size, they're they're pretty big. They're pretty they're big cities. The population. Yeah. Then of course you you have your skyscraper for uh, suburbia. If he wants that LA traffic. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's not quite my my desire, but obviously people live in those cities for reasons. Yeah, I think people like living there. I would love New York for the food. I think I've seen enough uh videos of food in New York to just love it. <laughs> so I'll, I'll I don't get that. Out. I don't get watching YouTube videos on food. Oh, you don't? People I do that all the time. Yes, it's like you get to experience it without having to pay anything for it. You're like, oh, that looks like a really great piece of pizza. Yeah, you're also not actually eating it. So you're not which, getting the experience. Well, actually, what you do is you 
you're you you have dinner while you're watching it so that you have a uh, you trick so your you, brain yeah so you have your totino's pizza and you're oh, watching gosh. some you're watching some fancy new york pizza place and you're like wow this pizza is really amazing I'm <laughs> glad i paid for this it doesn't just make you more sad that you don't have it because you're eating this no, terrible I, pizza oh no no I actually oh. i watched a video there was a uh, frozen pizza is not good no no it's not oh yeah, have to get. What were you saying? So there's a YouTube video I watched on. Uh, it's a Cuban Chinese mix. Hmm. Im- immigrants from China went into Cuba and then left, and this um, this ended up in New York. So there is a uniquely Chinese Cuban restaurant that serves a combination dish dishes of the different flavors and styles. So that's another thing is you'll you'll find unique stuff that doesn't exist anywhere else. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, people I know definitely have complained about there not being like quote unquote good food in Boise. But I guess really? I just that is not just not a factor to me. Or at least like I don't I think it's fine. I don't know. I'm just not that picky, I suppose. What kind of uh what is your go-to food then? Um, I don't know. I don't even. McDonald's. I really like teriyaki. <laughs> McDonald's. No, I haven't been to McDonald's in a long time. It'll have teriyaki chicken. Oh yeah, teriyaki's good. Um, but I just go to like Happy Teriyaki, which is probably not that high quality or tasty or whatever, but I think it's pretty good, and so I eat it. Yeah. And that's all there is to it. I don't. I'm just not that excited about food, like really, really foreign, fancy, whatever. So you yeah. you wouldn't go to like have like roasted duck. That's not that was. I would eat it, but I wouldn't seek it go out, out your way. Yeah, spend extra for it. Interesting. And be really excited about it. So I don't know. See, that's what I want to do. I want to be able to just travel, go fly into all these different countries and just have food and then go home. You just want Anthony Bourdain's job? Yes, absolutely. Well, you could have it, but it's going to come at a price. <laughs> the podcast as it will do. The podcast is uh, going to these places and eating on camera. You just have to, uh, never mind. <laughs> I'm not going to make you eat suicide jokes, but, uh, yeah, you, you got to turn the podcast into, you could do it. Are Tristan and Trevor into food? <laughs> I think so. I think that's something. In, enough. They'd be done. So yeah, we'll, we'll start at the, we'll start at McDonald's. We'll go over to Dairy Queen, Arby's. Wow. Yeah. All, all the fancy places. And yeah, you could review super basic food. That's what that review of the week guy does. Oh, really? You haven't seen that guy? No. Yeah, or report of the week, sorry. Um, he just, he has like almost 2 million subscribers on YouTube. And he just eats and reviews like consumer products, mostly food. <laughs> in oh, really? a suit. Yeah. Yeah, and he makes sure, millions, I'm sure, because ad revenue. It's crazy. Oh, is this the guy that did the Chick-fil-A and Popeye's video? Maybe. He probably has. He's from yeah. the South? Um, perhaps. 
but yeah. He's yep, like that guy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh yes, I remember that. It's crazy. So you just have to find your niche. So do I. I. Like I said something, something that people are interested in. He reviews Mucinex Night Shift, <laughs> sinus and cold and flu. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's funny. Dang, all this food looks so good. KFC chicken and donuts sandwich review. Oh man. Dang. Wow. Ooh, have you tried the new Coke energy drink? No, I haven't. Neither have I. I really I'm want to. Really, really, I'm not a guy, big guy on a, a big fan of energy drinks in general. That's good. They're really bad for you, but I love them. Even the sugar-free ones are really bad for you. So I've been off of them for really five months or whatever but oh man <laughs> oh man so, you're so good heart but it's just the caffeine yeah oh i love me some heart palpitations yeah the caffeine <laughs> yeah, it's just like it's just, oh man oh yeah it gets you high i don't know how else to put it it's just so good i'll, I'll just stick with my, so my coffee with a cream same thing yeah coffee is amazing too how many cups are you at right now Today I had less than one. Oh, disappointing. Yeah, I'm not a I, I kind of occasionally drink it. I don't really get a, addicted to coffee, so I only have it on occasion. Well, that's why you have to drink more so you can You get have addicted. to drink more. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That's how you solve this problem. Yep, just need more. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I love coffee. I hope to go back to it soon, but Really? Yeah. Wow. What? You are, you're daring. Yeah, I know. It's, it's too good to stay away from. What can I say? What do you have going on the rest of the day? Um, I'll probably just do some stuff at home, laundry. You know, just all the the fun things about being a um in the United States. I get lots of free time to do laundry. Sure, and pretty much everywhere else in the world, too, has that. Yeah, you're right. Everybody gets to do laundry. Today is laundry day. Yeah. I may do some photography since the, uh, (laughs) um, because there's nobody downtown. I might just go down there and do some more architecture photography. Nice. Start an Instagram account. (laughs) Start an Instagram account. Delete Facebook. I'll follow you. Do you have a Facebook? I don't have a Facebook, no. I didn't think so. Missing out on all the good memes. Oh, yeah, great. <laughs> I, I'm sure I am. Yeah. We got to wait for the new Facebook because inevitably I'm going to get a Facebook account when everybody stops using it. So then I will be left there uh, alone. Is that your intention? No, but it's been my experience in the past. You end up, you You're join just something. Just a late when it's just like podcasting, dude. Yeah, they're like, Come on, man! You can do it. Let's let's get this account, and then you do it. And everybody's like, "Nah, I don't do that anymore." Like, well, I, <laughs> I spent all thirty seconds getting that set up. Thanks a lot. What are you waiting for? Well, because it's the like for like for an Instagram account. It's just I really didn't know that that's something you can make use to make money. That didn't really occur to me until I would say recently, within the last couple years 
<laughs> I, I, I just, well, then what's taken you a couple of years? It's like, it's, I think you're the recognizing the people can make money and then figuring out how you can make money on it is there's a, there's a big, huge, uh, Canyon that needs to be bridged. Cause I can see it. Like if you're going to sell, uh, I don't know beauty products. Okay. I don't think I can yeah. sell beauty products. So that, that just doesn't fit me. I don't think I could do that. No, you couldn't. You're not a hot chick. <laughs> unfortunately. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Sad day for me. Yeah. I don't know, people do it in so many different ways, though, that I think, like, if one actually put in, and, like, I haven't put in effort either, so. Um, Let's do something This is we'll not a criticism over. against you, but um, sure. if you just put in the effort, it's, it's probably super doable. Let's do, like, coffee reviews on, uh, on Instagram. Well, it's whatever you like. What do you like? Religion. What do I like? Talk about religion. There we go. That's how we politics and religion all in the same thing. I mean, yeah, people can make why not? Like that. Yeah, for sure. People do all the time on YouTube. You might get demonetized, but <laughs> you just start a Patreon or, if, or whatever. And if you don't have like any particularly crazy radical views, then you should be fine. Yeah, there you go. That is <laughs> that is true. I do not have any crazy views. <laughs> I don't know about that. What is um your Discord name is Natural Law Guy. Yes, it is. Explain that. Uh, well, Natural Law is a it's a philosophical understanding. It's of humans. Heavy, yeah, it's it's heavily rooted in Aristotelian and Platonic philosophy, mainly that humans as rational animals can understand the world through reason and come to conclusions based on the philosophical reasoning. Mm-hmm. So it, as a starting point, basically it, it kind of, you ask the questions, what does it mean to be human? And you kind of figure out how we interact with ourselves, with the rest of the world, with our communities. And from that, you basically can come up with um, the ways that people should live. Basically, like with Aristotelian philosophy, the understanding is that there are a bunch, there's causes for people, and then there's also things that people are driven towards. Like for being a human, you could say that we're driven towards doing the good. And from that, you can start talking about what does it mean to be good. And from that, you basically can come up with frameworks for like morals, understanding mm-hmm. the the rights that people have, but also the obligations that they take as being a part of being human. It's not because it's in their nature to move yeah, towards so, that. That's because, the foundation of it. Right. And the tricky thing, of course, is recognizing that it's not just an observation of what happens in the real world, like uh, murder may be a natural phenomenon that occurs, but we wouldn't necessarily classify that as good and natural because if humans are really driving or driven towards doing the good, then murder is a, uh, a deviation from that. Yeah. So there's that, of course, is a little bit harder to understand because it's in the name natural law. But fundamentally, it is using our reason to come to conclusions about reality and what we're supposed to do. Hmm. So, of course, it kind of. Go ahead. Go ahead. (laughs) I would say that there's. 
because there's a couple, there's a few different political philosophies that also try to use just philosophical approaches. Like I would say libertarianism can be used in a philosophical way to understand um, the political frame, such as uh, person, personal autonomy and uh, free markets to basically come to conclusions about how government should be structured or if their government should, ex should exist or not. Whereas right. natural law tends to look at it from a, not necessarily a political or personal autonomy per se. I think no. they fully recognize that people are autonomous. They are individuals, but they don't necessarily exclude the other things like obligations from that framework. So there are, I would say, competing differences from a philosophical standpoint, whereas libertarians would be more would as generally seen more open towards uh, legalization of drugs. The people on the natural law side would disagree with that, saying that there's obligations that you are disenfranchising by promoting the free use of drugs or something like that. There's there's a whole bunch of stuff that is talked about with regards to what freedom I have as a person and what obligations do I have to return back to my family uh, loved ones or the community, the people I don't know, but I'm a part of uh, a functioning network in an economy or whatever. So is it that strict libertarianism doesn't really recognize obligations? Or... I, would, I would, I would say, yes, there's a, if we're starting from a, a framework of personal autonomy, and only looking at that, then it is much easier to conclude that I have no obligations to anybody else. And that's where you kind of see that in the discussions that they that libertarians have on a at a high level. When you you read a, a libertarian philosophers, you find that the understanding is that as long as I have, I don't hurt anybody else, and that generally means in a physical way then I have not done anything to infringe on them. It's the understanding of the right to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, essentially. And from a, a natural law perspective, they wouldn't necessarily say the pursuit of happiness is a subjective experience that um, you need to attain. There are certain things about the nature of reality that means happiness is not subjective it's objective we have things that we strive towards as humans there's obligations that we fulfill because you are not just an island in in the sea of the universe you have a family that you are raised by you have connections that you make with your parents with your friends and because of that you cannot have complete autonomy over yourself and right the libertarians would object and say, well, it may be true that from a, a purely scientific standpoint, we are forced by nature to group into family settings, but at a certain point, we become uh, mature enough that we don't need to hold on to those traditional values and we can do what we want with ourselves to fulfill what we think is best. So. I guess, correct me if I'm wrong here, but it seems like 
in a lot of a lot of circumstances the debate on things like drug legalization and other similar cases in which it feels like one doing their own business also seems to impact other people whether or sure. not you frame it as an obligation it seems like that is almost just a, a debate best left for like doing research on that <laughs> on the real world and seeing like what actually happens when like what the real impacts of drugs and other sorts of things have on sure other individuals there is, versus there is the uh oh, go ahead yeah versus just speculating on whether or not it's a real obligation or not like if it negatively impacts someone it seems like libertarians and natural law people alike will sort of be against it insofar as you're harming another person sure um, yeah in at least my my perspective there is there is a there is a lack of personal obligation with respect to in this case the the drug war that if somebody chooses to destroy their life that that that's their own problem they're not going to personally do it but it's not my it's not my business to try to fix that i mean it kind of goes into the homeless crisis and i think there is a enough research to indicate that drug abuse does lead to homelessness and now we have a a tricky situation where we have to deal with um a growing population that's on the streets and in a from a libertarian frame point how do we deal with that because you could either say we just privatize the roads to keep people from trespassing but i think that most people don't fit into that kind of uh framework i don't think that people are willing to privatize the roads or the streets to get rid of homelessness because that really and that it doesn't really fix the problem it just kind of pushes it to they're just gonna have to live outside of city limits stuff like that right yeah, I guess the other way to look that's at always it, of been, course, is with uh, that's always been an issue. The natural law for, people kind of talk <laughs> more of the the perverted faculty argument, which gets into the philosophical realm about what it means to be human. What does it mean to be rational? What kind of things are um, they are conscious choices that we make that damage our ability to reason properly and that's right. where you can get into discussions about drug use as a um an enemy of your natural gift which is to think to be able to create and stuff like that mm -hmm. so the perverted faculty argument does come up a lot with respect to the um drug usage and how we're supposed to regulate it if that's if if a person is more inclined not to look just necessarily at a um, statistical analysis of drug use and what it causes, you can look at it from more of a philosophical standpoint. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I mean, in a certain sense, lots of other things could be considered pervert. What did you call it? Perverted. The perverted faculty, faculty argument. Yes. Yeah, like lots of other influences could contribute to that as well correct yes absolutely yeah it does seem so in a certain sense it's kind of like 
and I've, I've been re- recently reading like the meditations by Marcus Aurelius, which is yeah. all about stoicism. Yes. And one big view of his and I guess stoics in general is that there's sort of like this like worldy or world logos to everything and like everything's there's an internal logic and everything's headed towards this one direction no matter the means and so you Mm. should just sort of accept that and work within it and try to do the right thing sure um and that oh let me think here so There's sort of, yeah, there's just like natural ways, good ways people are oriented. Okay. Um, but it's just like, I guess not obvious to me, like how we know for sure what those things are. Because it's like people are meant to do good or they're like in, in natural law terms, I guess it's, um, or how, how did you phrase it? There? I think that, well, there's the uh, teleology. Yeah, their their being is such that they drive towards something. They drive towards the good or whatever, and it's just it's sort of like why, <laughs> like how do you know that? There's just epistemological issues with a lot of this stuff on both sides. I think like with libertarians, for one, thinking something like we're all islands and that it's not real harm to kill yourself or abuse drugs. And on the natural law side, it's like, how do you know what we're supposed to be oriented to at all? Yes. And that would, of course, this is something that has to, I'm trying to think of where Aristotle kind of expounds on this, because as you rightly put it, there's a, the the epistemological problem has to be at least recognized before going forward with anything else. Because if you're left with a more, uh, uh, I'm not familiar enough with the term. If you're sopalists, if you're if you're in the sopalist camp, and I don't think you could really ever go beyond the the idea that the the universe is just my subjective experience, and that it really doesn't exist apart from me. Yeah. It- I guess with most views, there's a certain sort of epistemological issue, but and of course, maybe it's particularly the, frustrating when you read a lot of these, like because a lot of these have like ancient or these views of ancient origins, yes. and they just it feels like they don't address it. It's just like it's just obvious to them for, for whatever reason. Yes, they, and maybe you could also see that with mathematics as well. There's a if we really drive home the the uh, the epistemological problem many of those axioms that we hold to with regards to mathematical function may not necessarily be true hmm. if you don't solve it if the the how is it that there's an additive property that exists in um mathematics how do you really know that so if you can solve it there i think you can solve it anywhere well it seems like <laughs> there's at least good evidence for it <laughs> Um, how do I know the additive property really exists? And I guess that, of course, it, means, the, you know, it depends on what you mean by exists. <laughs> and this is where we get into the, because I had this discussion before about mathematical realism. I'm a proponent yeah. of it. 
Um, but I know. So does that mean numbers exist? Yes, there's the. There's, I think, two camps. You have the, the realists, which would either argue that they they exist apart from human brains, and then there's the anti-realist that says they're only constructs that we use to solve other problems. Yeah. Well, it also, I mean, you can also split on what numbers actually are, assuming they do exist. You right? could. Yes, and that's, I think, the the big winner with regards to mathematics is my perspective is that there's lots of mathematical things that we've discovered that don't have real world applications. Mm -hmm. It's fascinating to see what they really do. I think imaginary numbers are a great example of that because they were understood well before engineers started using it in their calculations to understand uh, power. Power is a great example of uh, where imaginary numbers come into play. Um, but the ma mathematics, I think, is really set apart from the real-world applications. They can be used in the real world, but I don't think they're necessarily constrained to it. Like the concept of infinity is widely used in mathematics, but I don't think has a real-world connection. Yeah, probably not. Um, yeah. Yeah. That seems right. So yes, I think that's something I need to go read is talking about um, how natural law approaches epistemology because I think Aquinas would be one of the the premier natural law guys and I think he talks about epistemology somewhere. I would hope so. Um, probably. I don't know though. Not familiar enough. But I think... I don't know, if you read a lot of those like ancient dialogues and things like that, a lot of the way they arrive at conclusions is through um, process of elimination. But it always seems like there's more things that haven't been eliminated yet. <laughs> that should be. So yeah, the two different ways of approaching it, like you have, uh, um, what's the word? Inductive. Are, are you thinking more of an inductive way of reasoning versus deductive um yeah so people people in that time like have acted as if it's sort of a deductive argument and they knock down all the other all the other competition um which totally works and that's totally reasonable but it seems like there's just other views they hadn't considered that yeah, so it's you... not a real deductive argument because they've missed certain ways in which things could be so have right. you seen any like has have any philosophers really talked about how how this kind of interesting conundrum about deductive arguments possibly having other objections that we haven't realized yet is has that been talked about because i i don't even know how to begin to ask that question when i'm trying to look for this stuff on journals of research well, you just think for yourself, like, I mean, I, I think it's just taken for granted that in some cases that exists. I mean, if you're tackling an argument like that and you feel like there's something wrong with the argument, one obvious way you could point out in which it's wrong is that, oh, well, there's this other solution to this issue that they're not taking 
that they're not paying attention to. And that's the real solution. And they might offer something more as to why the original proposed solution is incorrect and the new one is better. Um, so I think that's pretty common. So do you have an example that you've you've come up with or you've seen somebody say that um, solves it? Solves so just anything. <laughs> or like like as your example, you 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 find something wrong with an argument and you propose a solution that necessarily that it's potentially contradictory to what their proposed solution is. This shows that there really wasn't there was something wrong with the argument to begin with. Yeah, well yeah, there's like left out um, um, not off the top of my head. I guess I think of like, idealism and stuff like that. But it's not off the top of my head. It's been like, like Barkley stuff. Okay. Where it's like, well, the world doesn't work like this. So everything must be an idea. <laughs> it's like, um, I don't know, just the arguments. Like, no one agrees with those arguments anymore. And I think it's because there's just, like, issues with the options given. Yeah, are so, those really all the options out there? Yeah. Mm. Or one option has been debunked incorrectly, which is, of course, common, likely. But I don't know. I'm I'm pretty out of the the space at this point <laughs> sure so yeah i will unfortunately i don't have much to say in the way of intelligent um example making but it's interesting yeah I, yes it is that, that this is why i kind of read it because i'm curious to see what what ways it kind of what, what the conclusions are and coming to sort of understanding reality so what draws you to natural law like what how do you do you just solve the problem by f intuition basically the well i know with aquinas his his famous proofs for god are basically observations about the world but not necessarily mm -hmm. looking at a scientific explanation so he's not he's not necessarily interested in say the the physics behind why an apple falls from a tree but more about the causal structure of it this not necessarily looking at um anything specifically in time we're not looking at the apple falling frame by frame we're thinking about what caused the apple to fall in the first place and then continuing to push that question further until you reach either um, you reach some either a contradiction or a a final cause, a first mm -hmm. cause. So most of his but proofs in terms of natural law, though, like what what makes you think human beings have this like end, I guess, or like so they're I, oriented in such a way to do good. I think the it, if. If you come to a, you can, I think, approach it two ways. If you, if you use the proofs for God's existence as the starting point. So it's not can, the starting point then. 
it would be the there's I think there's a couple ways you could approach it. The, the one is you start with the, the proofs for God's existence and then you come up and understand his nature and yeah. But of course, Aquinas would be one of the would rightly point out that not everything about the the world can be understood by reason alone. There are certain barriers to um understanding that you can't know that it would require God himself to reveal it to you. Mm-hmm. Um so, in other words, you know all these other things about the world through proofs, and so that simply guarantees the fact that human beings are such and such way. So there's, I think that's there's that is one way to approach it. But of course, um, I I wouldn't know how Aristotle or Plato would argue about it because they come up with these understandings that. Um, I think it's also based on observation. You see things like you plant a particular type of tree and it will continue to grow into that type of tree. Mm-hmm. And the, the question comes up, what, what about that object necessitates that it will do this in the future? And you could, of course, you can look at it from a scientific perspective as well, that you can drop something and it will continue to fall to the floor. So what about reality necessitates that to happen? And we can understand that there we have law, laws of physics that do this. But of course, the question becomes, what what about those laws makes them happen is it is there something about reality that forces these things to happen or are they just observations that we use to understand um nature yeah i think people initially should suggest that they're sort of innate in a way or they're forced they're necessary um or at least as the world is they're fixed So I think that's they, they they start from a starting point of observation about the world and they conclude that there's something about reality that has these sort of actions that are driven towards something and then that's where everything else comes from is this understanding about um <clears throat> what makes an oak tree an oak tree what is it what is a sapling supposed to do what does it grow into um not necessarily getting into the science because you probably know most of these people did not live lived long before the the scientific revolution and about um inductive reasoning to understand physical phenomenon mm-hmm. and i think they're they're more interested on uh philosophical like the study of being necessarily i think that's where with this yeah, gets into totally Yeah, it's interesting because there's is a kind of a disconnect with how people think about problems now, those problems now versus how they did back then. Yes, and I think it's very common in science to basically object to Aristotle and Plato because they clearly weren't doing science. And because of that, 
they would conclude that the, what things that they talk about are not necessarily true. Like, of course, um, the great example of like observing, planting a seed and then having grow into a uh, a particular plant. From their perspective, they don't have any idea about genetics or um, the physical phenomenon that causes seeds to grow into um, a plant. Okay. Yeah. So from a scientific standpoint, yes, they're absolutely wrong. They're not doing science. But I think likewise from a from today's standpoint, we can't we cannot make um value judgments based on just simple scientific conclusions. We understand how things grow. No. We understand laws of gravity, but that doesn't really tell us anything about um, the value of human life or even political philosophy. Science can't do political philosophy because it's it's inductive. It's not. It's based on observation, and there's a barrier to that. Science cannot do th anything that is beyond observation. So, if you if you approach the philosophy. Aristotle and Plato from a philosophical standpoint, not necessarily a scientific standpoint. I think you can get more out of what they've they've written. Yeah, I totally um, agree with that, of course. Yeah. Yeah, I think science doesn't answer lots of questions in the world that people care about. Because it's just a category error, you know? Yep. Yes, it is. Yep. Yeah. But oh well, people don't understand that. Nope, we got it. We have to. We have to re-educate the world. Yeah, I'll leave that to you. Yeah, we'll mission. do that on the on the, on the uh, philosophy podcast. Yeah, that's what we should start. Maybe. Yeah, that could be fun. Mm -hmm. Dang, maybe we should. We can we can invite people on that want to learn, and we can learn from them too. I know. I'd be almost too. Um, I don't know. I like to make it very obvious that I don't know anything. <laughs> so <laughs> there's lots of mistakes I'm sure I'm making with all that stuff. So, um, yeah, doing a philosophy podcast would expose me. <laughs> no, I think, I think it would be great because I think no. I take the, the Socratic me method. I think that's the best way to learn is by asking questions. So, yeah. And when we so. come up with the wrong answers, then somebody can correct us in the comments and we'll all feel better about ourselves. That's true. We'll learn. We'll build the confidence. <laughs> all right, dude. Well, thanks again for doing this. Of course. I hope you enjoyed my uh, exposition. Is that the right word? Exposition. I don't know. Sure. Maybe. Hope you enjoy your laundry, too. Oh, absolutely. Laundry's my favorite. Good. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to episode 20 of Inside Kevin C. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Hayden. I know I did. Uh, he's a pretty thoughtful guy, so it's always good to talk to him. Um, if you really liked the episode, leave a like and a comment or just send me a message letting me know what you thought. I'd love to hear from you. Um, besides that, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. And uh, again, stay inside. <laughs>